I feel glad to that the week has gone by. Feel glad that we get to be back together again. I welcome everybody into this space and make ask you to make sure that you have put your attention on your energetic center and moved it to your physical center and that you've clicked your clicker and made yourself a grounding cord to the center of Gaia. And click your clicker again and have a bubble of personal space around you. And click your clicker again and help hold this golden cube of mage space that we're co-creating together as a research and discovery space. Thank you. Just for the hell of it, let's all say the color of our grounding cord at the count of three. One, two, three. Hello. Grace. Thank you. What a colorful group we are. Just to be clear, <clears throat> one time I was living in Bali for a while, and then my cord started showing up, a lot of times golden, but with this filigree around it, this special Balinese design of cut metal that was always around it. I thought it was really beautiful. I didn't do anything about it, did not. And after I left Bali, it did not go away. And so it took me another couple of weeks before I looked at the thing and said, shit. And I took uh, these golden balls, you know, the golden balls of energy, dropped them down. So I had way too many in my, my personal bubble of space. And I added one more and it was too much to hold and, and it went down my grounding cord and I could shake my grounding cord and this filigree fell off, meaning it was, it was little vampire entities from Bali in the Balinese space. So if you get little crystals or little shiny sparkly things or little fancy designs or anything hanging on the outside of your grounding cord, it's probably some kind of energetic insect vampire things that you don't need to keep there. So just shove in some golden balls, your own energy, twang your grounding cord, and they will drop right off and go back home wherever they belong and go get something else to eat. So will you guys just close your eyes right now and check just to make sure, put some, a couple golden balls in, extra ones in the top of your bubble. So it's too much energy for, for inside, yes. <clears throat> and then twang, reach under and, and twang like a guitar string. You reach down and just sort of twang your grounding cord. See if anything changes. Anybody notice anything when you did that? Mm. Gabriella, did you notice something? Yes, um, my grounding cord changed from yellow to white. <laughs> Okay. Anybody else notice anything? I feel some resonance in my body when I, I um, have this cord, these strings in my stomach. It's really vibrating like a sound. Okay. Thank you. Francis, did you notice anything? 
No, I didn't. Okay. Thank you. By the way, it's fine if you want to lay down or whatever. And thank you, and, and something that I found that works really good for stomach upset is Pepto Bismol. <laughs> it's a clay stuff. There's some clay. It tastes terrible, but <clears throat> it will stop diarrhea really fast. Oh, thank you. Uh, Kian, did you have your hand up? Did you notice something? Yes. It, it felt like this dark or this sucking energy or something like a sucking energy disappeared. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Thank I you. Also, I also want to report that um, afterwards I got, now I got a big wave of heat. Okay. Of warmth. All right. Which is important in Poland in winter. Yes. <laughs> and Marin, you had your hand up? You noticed yes, something? Uh, I, um, it's um, my brownie coat is, is blue and it's blue again, but it's, it has more clarity. It's more like glass. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but it's still flexible, right? Yeah. Great. No, it's only the, the, the color. Yes. Changing. Yeah, super. Magdalena, did you have your hand up? <clears throat> okay. Great. Thank you very much for that. So I'd like to check in with anybody who has something in addition to report or check in and Chloe. Uh, this is a logistical thing for uh, people who were holding space for the EHP dojos to replace yourself. And because Suzanne ah, yes. is not here, I will ask for who wants to take over the Saturday evening, Sunday morning for Australian people dojo. Great, thank you, Gilles. Jill, you have been, who's replacing the Tuesday one? Oh, okay. I, I, uh, I was supposed to do it last Tuesday and I didn't, and I want to do it this Tuesday, so. Who did it last Tuesday? I did. Thank you, Francis. Okay. Great, cool, we're, cl we're clear on that, good. Yeah, any, <clears throat> you know, I was talking with Chloe about, our joy of participating in the MAGE research team here. And the, one of the, the, big, uh, the big item for us, we have several big items today, but one of the items today that we really like to check with you is about where you are using or wish to use more the MAGE work because there are, there are a number of like very useful application situations, but I, wanted, I want to hear where you notice that you're starting to use mage distinctions, mage attention, mage intention, um, mage purpose, like what, where, where are you in your life, in the real daily life, where are you using this? Where would you like to use it more? Could we just kind of go around, maybe Sylvia, we start with you. Just, we'll just kind of go around. I'll just call people's names. Yes, I will start. Um, I experience- Oh, Sylvia? Yeah? Sylvia. One of our customs in the mage space is not to start a sentence using the word um. Okay. You just did that because the reason is, is that it's an American zombie mantra. It puts you in an American zombie state and, and that would be not appropriate for this space. So see if you can start your sentences without using the word um. 
Thank you. Thank you. I want to bring my mage work more in my work with couples. I worked last week with a couple. They came with a strong conflict and I really experienced um, a change because my consciousness of being in a team with them and not being something special um, changed the intensity of the transformation. And this really um, inspires me totally and I want to go on in this. And in my family, that changed a lot and in the relationship with my eldest son and I want to bring it also in my family relationships. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you. <clears throat> it's an ideal environment, so delicate and so powerful. That's exactly, I, I'm glad that's even the first one that was said, thank you. So Francis, can you go next? Yes. I wanna use my major work in my service to my current clients and my future clients, those that is gonna come after I start using my mage power. So can, you they, to, can you try yes. to be just a little more specific with your clients, how you would use it? Yes. Um, my mistake, huh? I offer a service of training people for better communication and base it on how to communicate themselves in a, in a authentic way. Not playing a role, not being an actor, just being themselves in their own truth and finding the word they has to the world, have to the world. Perfect, thank you. That's, that's exactly what we needed. Thank you. Thank you. Many, I, I need to use many transformational process in order to achieve that. I have, do, I have been doing this. I also have been doing this with some uh, um, Possibility management uh, distinctions and processes and experiments. And I believe that with the more clarity about the major work, I will be more assertive, more powerful, and helping them in their own transformation and human beings. Thank you. I have a question for everybody at the moment. How many of you would say that you deliver transformational processes for other people? If you just hold your hand up, if you would say that you deliver transformational processes for other people during your week. Yeah. Okay. That's it. James, you would not say that? Right now, no. Okay. Great. But did you notice how many people had their hand up? Yes. Okay. So that means... Everyone but me. Say it again. Everybody except me. <laughs> I didn't want to point that out, but what I'm saying is, 
so I'm not sure what you do, James, with people and what your work is and how you how you are doing things. But that you're getting, you will, you are getting, you will be getting. You have um, connected more and more into your resources and this team's resources for providing actual transformation for other people. And it, and just if you open up a doorway in yourself to recognize that you're attracted to this, there's there's a lot to learn here. And uh, we're in this research team together to unfold that together. If you, it took me a while, it took me many years before I would be willing to admit that I was delivering transformational processes for people because I did not understand what, what that meant. And then when I finally could say it, when I could stand in it, and when I could admit it, the work jumped a whole, whole new levels because I was paying more attention to what was not transformation, what was transformation, how to stabilize transformation once it occurred in for somebody and how to build the stuff in people so that more transformation could happen for them. And, and there's a speed limit for transformation and there's no top end for transformation. So that's why the game is so amazing for me is like, you know, there's this metaphor of the, of the mountain. You know, there's this transformational mountain path and everybody's heard, oh yeah, there's many paths up the mountain. But what we add on to that little statement is there's many paths up the mountain, but there is no mountain. And so it, it has a dimensional, a, a dimensional element of, <clears throat> it flattens the mountain. It means there's no hierarchy. You know, there isn't like if you get further up the mountain, you're further up the hierarchy and then somebody else, you're not more advanced, you just, on your path to where you are. In any case, it is a transformational path and I'm, I'm glad that we can use those words together. And just for James, just consider using that idea a little more in terms of what, you're, what you are about. If your work is about actually holding space and offering transformational possibility for the people in your world, that, that opens new doorways. So thank you everybody, just wanted to check that. Uh, I don't want to spend so much time on this. I just want to hear a few more people. I'm just going to keep going about ways that you use mage work in your daily life. And uh, Magdalena, could you go ahead? Mm. The what, what comes to me when what came to me when you asked this question for the first time was. I use major attention and in, in the relationship with with myself and my partner. I start noticing what is serving me and what is not serving me, and then from that point, I am then able to to also reach other people, like in other other relations, and it's it's by holding the, the women's circle and bringing some possibility management onto, onto that context. And I also set up a date, like just before this call for my next, uh, next Rage Club intro, that will be on the 18th of February. And yeah, that's, <laughs> I got a nice kick in the bar from Vera. <laughs> Good. 
so yeah and and this is yeah this is what this like loving attention like what what is the layer layer below for my box when when my box is like trying to retreat and it's it's about noticing bullshit as well thank you that's the underworld work yeah that's the underworld Magdalena, will you tell us your cat's name? It's Christina. Hello, Christina. I see we have a 21st participant in the maid space. <laughs> Makes total sense to me. <laughs> she's super interested. Well, now yeah. I'm getting shy, but she's still looking at you. Okay. All right. Yeah. So, Christina, the witch's cat. Thank you. Thank you. Gilles, will you just tell us what you're, where you're using your mage work? Yes. I'm using mainly uh, my mage work with my, in my relationship, my partner, and with the possibility teams I'm, I'm working with. Um, How many teams are you working with? I'm working with, a, a, I just created a man's group and last Friday, mainly to work with white widow and decontamination. I'm with a, a white widow research with Julia and Suzanne. Okay. And I'm also starting a, a community grounded on possibility management and regenerative development. And this is where I'm playing and where I intend to go It's to work at the regional level with entities and companies like water basins. This is where I'm heading. What's the, uh, what kind of community is it? For now, it's just uh, people with PM working about- Yes, in Portugal, very likely at uh, Mafra, and to to start settling. Where is it? At Mafra, a bit north than uh, Sintra. Okay. How many people is it? Now we are five. Okay, great start. And you guys have a pretty clear context. Yes. <clears throat> Good. Please keep us informed, okay? There's a lot of game world building elements to putting together a team like that. And have you considered um, using the bridge house model? Have you considered the bridge house model? Are you familiar with that? Yes, we, uh, I was inspired by the bridge house and the okay. eco villages. And so we are in that, in that place about to see also in the land, what is the land also asking at the same time we anchor possibility management and yeah, and, and the essence of everybody. Thank you. Thank you. Great. Yeah, please keep us informed. That's fantastic place, would, workspace. I would recommend Gilles more in the domain of game world building than the domain of mage and mage work can also be applied to building Guyan game world and next culture and nano nation. And also weaving, weaving the work between game world, which I know that also is part of somehow your non-material value. So I would highly recommend you to watch all seven episodes of the Game World Incubator. I don't know if you've started I did. Listening. I did all the six ones and I'm just waiting for the next six, I believe. Okay. They're starting in April. We haven't delivered that. Delivered that. And I'll be on the next one as well. So I'll, I'll okay. participate on, this, on the next one. Great. And I, I wanted to say that we had a, 
a conversation yesterday with Anna Norenborna, who is working with community. And the result of that conversation was the, the, goal, the, perp, the goal of building a community where people will live there, live as next culture citizen is unrealistic in terms of the, the time we live in. And so it seems that what is being asked for is not for people to move into a place and then, oh, this is where we're going to live. This is where we're going to grow food. This is where we're going to have children. Because we're, this is talking, you know, having a vision like this would be like the Native um, Americans saying, well, let's think about seven generation ahead. Okay, well, we can't think of seven generation ahead because who the hell knows if there's going to be a planet. And so it seemed that what is being asked for of us game world builders or game world consultants or mage empowering Guyan game worlds and next culture nano nation to come to life is to build a form of bridge house where people come together to live together so that they build the next bridge house. They, next, they build the next Guyan game world because there's just not enough Guyan game world happening and, and, and physical whatever, in, in, in physical form, like coming together to live together. And so we, we can't think of settling yet. We have to think of building them. And so the word community just has so much baggage. It, mm-hmm. I think you, were, you wrote it or Johanna wrote it about um, when you call something by its true name, then you have power over it, over it. Okay, well, community has power. And a lot of it is actually unconscious. It's actually um, un, people are unaware of what, what they're invoking when they say the word community. And so it, it'd be really um, intelligent in terms of some of you who say you're building community about inquiring about what you mean, what's the baggage, what's the invisible baggage. And you can bring that conversation into your possibility team, this group of five people. And then maybe drop it. Maybe the result is you drop that word and, and find the word that has the most grip on actually what you want to build instead of matching what you want to build into the word of community. And then you have a lot more power over what you want to build. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Marcus, will you tell us what you're using the major work for mostly? Yes. I would say the biggest or the strongest call I feel right now is in in the relationships with my friends and my flatmate. And then also building up from that in the spaces that I started holding, like the Rage Club. And mm-hmm. I'm going to hold um, a couple of more spaces in the next weeks. And Can you tell us the name of them? It, yeah, it's a Rage Club, what I'm holding right now. And then I'm going to hold a space with Christina Dushner. It's a sadness club or sadness training. And then mm-hmm. we will deliver a rage and a fear club as well again afterwards. Thank you. Yeah. Great. And Martin. Okay. Excuse me. I yes, wanted to share say? that. Yeah. That um, from last week, my idea was to yeah, to unstick from my plans. And this is what I did this time with my rage club and I, I can sense really that this is calling more mage into into me and also into the work. Yes. Yeah. So you're saying dealing with the present, coming out of the moment, 
yes. and really being with people connected yes. where they are rather than functioning according to some plan that you made up the week before. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Super. That's a great leap to make. Thank you for doing that. It's a giant experiment. Mm -hmm. yes. It's time to go surfing. <laughs> you no, know, you, you cannot surf on a wave that you saw last week. It just doesn't work that way. Mm -hmm. You, know, you yeah. got to surf the wave as it is right now. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you. A couple more. Martin? Yes. I'm like, what I'm observing mostly, my magic work is happening through like, <clears throat> my wish to transformate and inviting people actually to my own transformation, like for asking for help. It's one point here in community where like, I, I, I realize I get a feedback when I'm actually, when I'm asking for kind of my, my next step, asking for help, how, how it vibrates and people get inspired, like how it vibrates through, through the space. And it's also in a men's circle and, uh, and being, being like, actually for like expanding somehow, like daring go behind my box and, and yeah, being with it. And yeah. it's, can I, I just want to say what you just said in a slightly different way. It's a, it's a tremendously powerful mage act to ask for help and then use the help you get and then unfold new parts of yourself. Come back next week, ask for more help, use the help you get. Your life is exploding. You know, you know you're, you're exploring new things and people are terrified of asking for help because it is the phoenix process because you have to burn and die and turn into ashes and then start over again every time you're asking for help and if you do that as a as a sport like if you're doing it for transformational ecstasy if you and people will start um thinking gosh why what about my you know martin is taking off like a rocket and i'm sitting here like a stone you know, and all he's doing is asking for help and using it. I'm going to start asking for help too. So it's, it's, you go first. It's the alchemist drinks his own medicine first. You've heard that before the alchemist drinking her own medicine before she gives it to the client. That's what this is. And so you go first, you die first, you go through the transformation process first in front of your people. And that's how they can get inspired First, for your credibility as, as an agent of transformation, that the services you provide, you trust your own work, you do, you're doing your own work. And, they, and second, they, they get, uh, they get to, to, to have a path, like they get to see that it actually works. They get, uh, they get the courage to do, try it themselves. And so it's a really powerful and uh, central, it's a central one of the mage talents is to just go first and, and into the into the collapse you know into the collapse into the liquid state into the fire like that so thank you for sharing that martin did you, were you, were you going to say something else and and by starting the coaching work for clients thank you yay you're talking you've done 50 or are you working on your first 50 or how I'm, or I'm are you? my first 50 i'm, I'm right. having 15. You, you're having how many so far 15. great thank you yeah and then at 50 you start charging for it agreed agreed thank you 
Okay. <laughs> Martin, along, uh, just in terms of, uh, along with starting to deliver coaching one-on-one, -on -one, what I found is that both the coaching and delivering work talk, so introduction to Rage Club, com complement each other. And they're a completely different space. And uh, holding space for uh, introduction to Rage Club or work talk, you're holding space for more than one person. And it's a more, then it's in a way automatically more dimensional and more nonlinear. And, and that nonlinearity will feed straight into your coaching. So really, um, I would encourage you to start also delivering group process, even if it's with two, three, four, five, six people, introduction to Rage Club and regular work talks. Yes. Yeah. I, I just want to add that the work talk space is so precious because you don't know what, what your what your people are going to ask questions about. You know, you're out of you do not control their question asking. They might ask very personal questions about you or very theoretical questions about how to cause transformation, for example, or healing processes. And so what when you when you place yourself in the role of being able to provide what the people in your work talk need, both during the talk part and the exercises part, then this increases, that strengthens and brings resilience to your connection to your archetypal lineage. It, it just wakes up your archetypal lineage and it gives them, it gives them necessity to speak into. So that's what's so great about work talks is the necessity that is waiting in front of you, the real authentic necessity needing to get the information or the possibility, the clarity and possibility that you can provide. And so it's a fantastic environment for um, strengthening and bringing resilience to your connection with your archetypal lineage. Thank you. Thank you. There is one happening, at the, my first one happening in the first week at the, in February. What's the title? You're in your fire. You're in the fire. <laughs> you're in a fire, but you're also in the fire. In the fire. Yeah. <laughs> under fire. You're under. <laughs> How do we not know about this, Martin? Yeah. You know, and Claire, can you tell us about the event space just to make sure everybody knows about yeah, the I'll, event I'll space? Put all, I mean, there's three main Telegram group, and most of you are in there already. There's a, a PM, PM events and there's about 200 people in there. And most of us, it's us. It's us who are in there. And so you might not get many people from that space into your um, work, like spaces because you need to build your own circle. And to announce it, there is this, then we can cheer you on. Then we can be with you. Um, there is this total team collaboration gladness about knowing about each other's work. So that would be one reason to post it there. And then there's the- Also, yeah. I just wanna say people in that team often share your offers with their circle, with their friends. Mm -hmm. So they're happy to share that or like that. So it's a great, it is a great uh, al alchemical, whatever it's an amplification center where we share about other people, what other people are working on. It's like giving food or, or treasure to our circle of friends. So please announce your stuff in there. And then there's the possibility. Yeah, it was just the other two. One is the EHP collaboration, which obviously is for emotional healing process. And the third one is possibility creation village. And this is more of an open space group of 
celebrating, really celebrating our successes and asking for possibilities. And also that's where you'll find the people to build teams around resonant non-material value. So this is where you can, you can share your non-material value and, and, and attract the people who have resonance with similar um, sort of tracks, similar wish to deliver a, pro a product, like the non-material value. So you, Thank yeah. you. Can I Thank say you. something? Yeah, go ahead. It, because also you mentioned the, the introduction to Rage Club of Martin, and there's a tradition that that exists in the Rage Club space holders, where they often invite other Rage Club space holders to be in the space to really empower the space, and sometimes even give feedback at the end of how, you know, give feedback in coaching and how it was. And so this is also an opportunity. I want to uh, an invitation. I want to make in this space that you invite each other. We invite each other for our um, to to empower. If if I know that pretty much a lot of people have their own work, but if it's there is a possibility of empowerment of each other's work, then ask for it. Yeah. Great. Thank you. At this point, I'd like to we we have a pretty good range of where mage work is practically useful in daily life that you've been sharing and people who didn't speak yet did not share yet. Are, are some of you using your mage work in a place that we did not yet mention? Anybody? Uh, so Jan first and then Johanna and then Vicente and then James and then Dan. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, uh, I am um, really trying to smuggle um, mage work into almost everything I do. And I work in the space of artificial intelligence and I advise uh, startups and I teach students. And uh, when I was teaching students, I smuggled maps from PM and really was asking mage-like questions to the students and really kind of putting them on the spotlight with the distinctions and the boxes they were having. And I was feeling like a lot of fear doing that in the academic context but the students are consistently giving me great notes of, you know, that this, that this is really something that is not there and it's interesting to them and it's challenging and it's pissing them off, but it is interesting. And, and, and they feel um, seen and, and valued by, by, by the fact that I am looking at them from a different context. So I really am, I really am on fire uh, for, for having that opportunity. And one thing to share here is that, like, what really helps me is that I'm ready to get fired at every moment from this job. And thus, I don't care. I don't care if they fire me, but I rather have those distinctions land there. I rather take the leap and see what's coming out of it. And yeah, and my students are, are you know, learning interesting things, but they're also creating uh, apps for charities. So they're using their superpower of artificial intelligence to really ask the question, what is the, the, the good I can do in the world? And, and this really speaks to a part that I, I feel it's really important is how do I live as a question to everybody I meet? And um, yeah, and that, and I've tried it with, <clears throat> I've tried it with uh, also with like executive clients and, and it had it was would get weird results, but 
eventually none of the things I was fearing, like they rejecting me because I was asking the difficult questions and none of those things happened. Uh, so, so in a way by asking those questions from the beginning, I'm in a point of leverage of being the person that asks the, those questions. And that is really interesting. And um, yeah, and I've recently even gotten an assignment for, from an investor that is a really weird one. It's like a major assignment of studying, studying um, the influence of um, global synchronies on markets and on, on societies. And what is really interesting about this assignment is that this assignment is both a real interest of the client who is this really unusual investor but also it is an inquiry into his own soul that he is inviting me into. And that is, um, yeah, that is a startling major assignment that came to me actually to finance the School of Magic because I'm like, it, it's, a, it's a high profile assignment. Thank you. I was going to ask you if <clears throat> or when actually you would make the proposal to have the School of Magic be part of the of the of the university, uh, you know, the School of Magic department in the university. Um, sorry for um, yeah, that is a very uh, interesting invitation. I will work on that. I have uh, good relationships with the dean, and uh, we will probably try to host something like a hackathon of for. Um, like spell casting for, for Mother Earth, which would be really about bringing in the different creative forces of both the kind of university um, life and artists to, to really think nonlinear. So this is the way I'm trying to introduce that. Um, and I think it's, I would suggest it's time for bolder moves. Have you, how many people have not seen the movie Shit. It's a title called Shit in German. In it's called Accepted in English. How many people did not see that? Jen, Jan, you did not see it. No, I've seen only the part about dragon speaking. But I wholeheartedly yeah. agree to it, and I've pirated university ever since I was a student. So, <laughs> right. Yeah. What I'm I'm just trying to say that a university is a client-driven uh, business. You know, it's about pleasing the clients. And so if people don't actually know what they really want to know about because they've been through grade school and elementary school and they've been hammered into a dead curriculum that crushes their own uh, volatility, their own aliveness, their own uh, vision, you know, their own needs, it's been crushed. So when you make a space for what does a person actually wanna learn, which is what you and others here are doing, People have the courage to say, yeah, I want, to, I want to learn how to create transformation, how to cause transformation, how to provide healing and how to deliver initiatory processes, et cetera. And so if you, you can, you, can uh, you, you know, make a proposal at the university with a course, a course list, you know, course titles, and just say how many people would participate in this branch of the university when you have a thousand students on your list, the university will go, gosh, that's a profit center. Boy, we could open that up. So that's one way to approach it. 
Uh, well, it's quite interesting that you mentioned that because um, I was kind of doing a, like I'm doing a similar experiment with the School of Magic that I want to kind of establish a working prototype or something like this outside of the university and then maybe try to, um, yeah, move some of the learnings into the, the, the more academic circles. Doing that at the university, I will have to dance a little more to figure out how this can be done, but. Keep dancing. <laughs> jive, it's time for jive. Thank you. <laughs> Thank uh, you. I forget who is next. Somebody else was, was sharing. Johanna? Uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm sharing my major work now in, in spaces, more in artistic spaces. Uh, through dance and music, but then I, I noticed that while dancing with people, how when the body opens up that, and the mind is like more quiet, that I could go in really deep conversation and people just start, started to share really deep, like their, their deepest wishes or what their, what their next steps in life, uh, but really bold things were coming out. And also by going in the street, in the public space, creating, um, I was, uh, like this weekend was extraordinary for me because uh, with other people, we created audience, uh, extraordinary spaces in, in how say, shopping street, like the touristic street with, you see kind of streets. And people started to dance and to take over the street as a, like a, a, a magic party, but on the street at night, and it was touching many, many people uh, and connection was happening. And so, uh, and also it was about declaring the space. And then for even one time during the day, I had to use anger to, to say to another person um, that here is like the space and that he gets that distinction about, uh, he was having a conversation very loud with another person as we were playing in another space and it was just the two spaces were like in friction and I, I landed the distinction. Actually, I don't know if it really landed because this man has so much uh, reactivity. He just went away in, with anger, but but I, I landed something and I, and yeah, th that's the other way I'm creating. Uh, I'm using this major work with a lot with art and being in public spaces and I'm in a town also with a lot of people who are already out of the modern culture and uh, and they've been like traveling many years or trying and but and 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 the PM work with yeah with the anger and with the fears and, uh, and how to hold space all those distinctions many people are missing them so uh, when I'm going to the spaces or and uh, meeting those people who are already out of Modern culture, I, I'm, I'm sharing distinctions. So that's how I'm landing the major work. Thank you. To deepen the context of the space. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Good, Some, somebody else. Yes. I've been noticing how more and more uh, I'm refusing to leave mage mage space uh, with teaching with uh, my clients 
and chatting with my friends. And also I'm on a rent business of renting houses and there's nothing more ordinary than that. And uh, then I, I saw myself changing the space and inviting people to change the context. And uh, I was very glad because I could make it non-ordinary. So I'm refusing to leave mage space. And I'm, I'm encountering two difficulties. One is that one thing is to cavitate space uh, from zero. And the other is when we, I invite people that have their own game worlds to, to inhabit this space that I'm cavitating. And they bring distinctions from another game world. And this is so hard because some things, they, they collide as, uh, for example, things that I put on the chat about people asking me if I was not being driven by vanity uh, to propose experiments and to deal with people's pains irresponsibly. And I've been dealing with that a lot. And then I'm thinking, how can I serve better people that are too afraid to dig in and too afraid to face the possibility lab uh, image, for example, the dragon and the person facing big shadows. And, and how, how can I serve those people? Because most of them, when I start to do something, they go to, to a kind of a depressed victim state. And I cannot say, oh, you're playing victim and okay, because they live and they live in fear. And I've been struggling about that because my colleagues have been asking me this. What, what are you doing? And, and then I'm, I'm figuring out yet what, what mage tools do I have to develop to serve those people that activate big fears and do not have matrices? And that's, that's where I am. And I'm very concerned about that. I'm sure other people could say something. And I just want to say something before we get off the subject and remember it for other times also. But one of the main things that your, your job is, is to scan matrix in other people. It's really your job to scan their matrix and to see what they can hold and what they cannot hold. Because if you try to give something to people who do not have the matrix to hold it, they either, they basically only have one choice and that's to destroy you because they don't have any other way to hold, to figure out how to hold what you're offering. So you're getting feedback from the universe, which is this telling you that you're trying to give people something that they do not have a matrix to hold. And so your job then is to do is to deliver baby steps, is to deliver the pieces of matrix here, piece of matrix there, piece of matrix there, a story there, an exercise there, process there, slowly, slowly, slowly build matrix in your people. So those people are around you because they know that you can help them build matrix. But then a part of you, I don't know, I could ask how many of you, how many of you want to deliver more than the people around you can hold a lot of times. Is it anybody ever have that? You actually want to deliver. It's a painful, it's a painful thing 
to go, God, this is, you have the potential. This is amazing. You could, and yet they do not have the, having a potential is not having a matrix to hold it. That's a very big distinction. You scan people, you see they have the potential. They do not have the matrix to hold it. So this thing about scanning for potential is one thing. The other thing is scan for matrix. And those are two different things. And you have to work with the matrix. The matrix prevails. Their level of matrix is the deciding factor. You can only build onto the matrix that they have. You can build matrix in multiple knowledge continents at the same time. And this is useful to know. You don't have to do the linear approach of building matrix onto only one knowledge continent in people. People have knowledge continents from their childhood, from their sports, you know, from outdoor adventures, from books they've read and movies they've seen. They have different islands, continents of matrix. And you can build, you put a little here, a little over there, a little, and then this one's digesting that piece here. And then you work on this one over here. You give people multiple dimensions of to build matrix in parallel at the same time. And that's very effective. It's like working with five bodies at the same time. You're building matrix in five bodies differently at the same time instead of focusing on one place. And then you have to wait until that integrates and becomes uh, workable. So, you, so this whole thing of, of being able to do it, if, you re, if you've been in possibility labs before, this is what we're doing in the labs. You know, We're doing some technopreneuria phobia stuff, which is the healing it's the healing of the fear of the loss of technology. You know, we're doing emotional stuff. We're doing stage work. We're doing, we're cooking together and shopping, you know, handling all the logistics. We're, we're holding space for these big transformational initiation processes. So there's all these dimensions going on in parallel. And that's why, that's why the matrix grows so quickly in a lab is because we're doing it at multiple dimensions at the same time, multiple knowledge continents at the same time. And so it's important to do that, but yeah, and Chloe? And if you find yourself <clears throat> expecting or being expecting people to get it, or you find yourself waiting, if you find yourself waiting for people to get, that means you're not working with enough people. Just Can work you say with more about that? it. Just because because we're you know we're we're multi-dimensional being we're 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 getting how um, we can live multiple lives at the same time because we can live a life in all the dimensions that we can carry and work in, and so mm, finding yourself being bored or, or waiting around for other people to um, yeah get get the distinction it's it creates more it creates pain i don't know for me it creates this frustration and this pain and then sort of a expectation and resentment cycle of why is this not moving faster why are we why are we still here like all these questions and and what i got was okay then i'm not working with enough people because everybody's moving at different in different dimension and different levels and the juggling part actually keeps me, keeps my mage self-entertained and glad and on fire and also my archetypal lineage. Thank you. Jan, go ahead. Um, I just wanted to add to that, um, that what I 
experienced is um, some of the seeds that I planted like two or three or four years ago only start uh, giving fruit now. And it is extraordinary what can happen if you are kind in landing your distinctions and you are not expecting a result. You're not pushing somebody, but you are being a question for them. And, and this is um, also some of the experiences of the most grace that you can feel when something comes back after years and, mm -hmm. and you see it has blossomed. So, yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's a big, it's a, another big hint that you just gave, <clears throat> which is being a seed planter. And if you, if you know that you're planting a seed, then next time you see the person, add a little fertilizer, add a little water, add a little nutrition, put in a, another seed that helps the first seed grow. And, you, and that uh, gardening people, you're gardening people that way, but it, it does depend on planting powerful, clear, strong seeds and then nurturing them as they come out. I was having this conversation with Anna Norm Boyna a mage in New Zealand about, about uh, challenges, There's certain challenges you can give people because there, there, there will be people around you who, who, uh, who want what you have but are, cannot get it the way that you're offering it in a certain way. And what you can do is you, you scan their potential and you scan their edge where they are right now and give them a challenge. So the challenge is write an article about that, give a talk about that, build the website about that, do a training about that, do a workshop and, um, and then get back to me like that. It is a kind of a, it's a, it's a um, people, we love uh, formidable but perfectly designed challenge that will take us right over the next step because we have all this defenses at work in us and it will protect us from entering the liquid state that's right in front of us. But if somebody, an asshole, magician, you know, mage, pirate standing across them and says, I challenge you to do this. Will you do this? By when will you do that? And this challenge comes from you not from them. And then they have to face that, like they can destroy their own inner challenges because they have reasons and excuses and, you know, inner mechanisms that block them from taking a bigger step. Whereas you on the outside can say, I, I, ch I challenge you to do this. I, I can't, well, are you willing to do this by this date, this exact thing by this date? And they have, they say yes or no. And the part of the giving the challenges that, and Chloe and I have found is to not really, to not depend on that person doing the challenge, fulfilling the challenge. You know, no matter what they say, yes or, or no or whatever, you deliver the challenge, you say, that's the challenge, and then you go away. And then it's completely up to them. You're not, you are not the driving force for them to do the challenge. You're not doing it to please you. They're doing it to do the challenge. And then it's like Jan said, it can be two or three or five years later, they come back, you know, they said they would do it in one month and two years later, they come back and say, I did it. You go, okay, here's the next challenge. 
you know, there's no reactivity about how long it took them. You just go, here's the next challenge. And, it, and that turns out to be really valuable and effective for certain types of people who, who need the, the challenge from the outside to come in like that. I have a proposal that one of the experiments for this week is to design and give three, three challenges to the people who need it, like the people in your circle who need it. And, and it's, it's really a, a, it's committing to their commitment of evolution, kind of almost more than they're committed to, to their, their evolution or their commitment. And <clears throat> yeah, and very specific, like Clinton said, very specific challenge of, you know, this by when, um, whatever, all the details. So it's, it's not a theoretical challenge. So three challenges for three different yeah. people. Good. And it, those things can actually help your project. If people are around you and they're interested in your project, you can say, you know, this would help the project. And don't count on them doing it. You don't, that, then you're just setting yourself up for betrayal. You know, people, the thing is, it's so common for if, if somebody says they will do something or makes a promise, then it's so common for, for us. I remember doing this a lot. I then make an expectation. I formulated an expectation that the person will keep their promise. And it's a total setup for failure. It's a total setup for betrayal when you make an expectation like that. Because then when they do not keep their promise, then of course you feel resentment and the relationship suffers and, and like that. So even when people make a promise to you, just look at it like, it's interesting, it's fascinating, but it's not necessarily, you're, you're not going to believe it until it's on the desk, you know, until the thing is finished. There's no reason that you're gonna expect that a person will keep their promise to you. And that, uh, um, that means you get to improve your ability to take care of yourself around other people, even in transformational environment. It's about, arranging, people make a promise, they make a commitment, but you do not expect they will keep their promise or their commitment. And then you stay in relationship with them. And if they do it or do not do it, it's not your problem. It's not, a, it's, they will or will not do it. And you are not a victim of them not doing it. So it's a way to take care of yourself in transformational spaces without setting yourself up for betrayal. It's a really powerful thing to not make the expectation that somebody will keep their promise. And it's a bizarre world to live in, you know? These people make promises to you and you go, okay. And it does not mean that you're expecting them to do it. So you're, it turns out you can still love people even if they break their promises to you. So there are certain classifications of people who are wildly inventive and totally creative, they're rogue thinkers. They're outside the box. They're inventing stuff all the time. They're basically almost insane. And you can be in relationship with them as, as an amazing resource, as a spectacular form of entertainment, because you don't expect their thing to, to coalesce. You don't expect it to come together. And, and because you're taking care of yourself, you can be in relationship with rogues and pirates and, and wild people who are you know, running outside the system and be completely taking care of yourself at the same time. Yeah. 
One of the purpose of also giving challenges, so Clinton said that it could be that people can, if they want to collaborate with you, basically you get to have an apprentice. If you start giving a challenge to people who want to collaborate with your project, you're creating yourself apprentices, which is fantastic. And it's a way, so part of the, 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 the domain where I'm researching and applying my major work is how can I leverage myself so that I can feed and make the game world that I'm playing it more powerful, more uh, like in a way bigger, that, I, that are touching more people that I cannot reach. And so there's this research of how do I leverage myself? How do I make it that the game world that I play and thrive, not because I'm holding it, but because there's other people holding that game world too. And so one of the ways that I found to leverage myself is to give challenges that don't really serve my project, but serves game world that I play in. So a very typical example is uh, I've leveraged myself almost a hundredfold in terms of delivering Rage Club. Those are the most a hundred Rage Club space holders around the world. And a lot started by me giving challenges and also other people like Vera did with Magdalena about when are you delivering you know, when is your next introduction to Rage Club? I want a date. I want a date and a flyer by then. Um, so that's another domain of giving challenges that are serving something bigger than your own project, but are serving the game worlds that you play in so that they thrive. So the game world you play in thrive. Just so, and Chloe, we add that on as a challenge to people here is to, Arrange, arrange to, to take on a couple of apprentices. It doesn't really work to have just one, but the idea of having or working with apprentices is so archetypal that we all know what it means. And if you look back in your life, think of the times when you had an opportunity to, to apprentice to another mage, to somebody who was a space holder for, for, for nonlinear possibility, for somebody who was a healer or a trainer or somebody who could deliver things you could not deliver. If you had, how many people had moments where you were taken on as an apprentice, at least temporarily in this, in certain space? Anybody have that? Okay. And, and, and if you, if I don't know, for, for me, I have also longed for that. You know, I go, where are the apprentices? Where, where can I be an apprentice to learn what I need to learn next? A lot of times there's no answer. The answer is empty. You know, the answer is you're fucking bootstrapping yourself up. You're pulling yourself up by your own hair to learn what you need to learn next. Okay. But those times when you, you had this fantastic, you know, true leader, like a space holder who could, who, who, who took you on as an apprentice and supported you, even for a short time, even for a specific thing. It was so valuable and precious. So you may not think that it's already time for you to have apprentices. However, I think that it is. I think it really is time for you to start because it takes a while. It takes a while to, to learn how to hold space without rescuing, to learn how to give feedback and coaching <clears throat> without being negative or destructive or attacking or like that. How do you 
it takes time to learn how to design challenges and hold space for people to go through liquid states without being with them, like in, in et cetera. Go ahead, Aunt Chloe. Well, one other thing that is a powerful uh, mage skill in terms of having apprentices is that a lot of what you deliver, you've learned, like um, in French, we have this expression, sur le tas. Like you've, you've learned this um, by being you, by living your life, by its life experience. And so most of, a lot of what you do, you don't know how you do it. And if you don't know how you do it, you can't pass it on. But what you do can be learned. The non-material value that you deliver and that you create and you provide can be learned. And so to have an apprentice, you are forced to explain how you're doing it. You are forced to put words on the knacks that you've developed and the talent that you developed. And then you're also forced to, to, to create nonlinear ways of how can people build that muscle because it's usually often not linear people you can say okay try it okay do it people just haven't built the matrix that you've built to be able to hold that knack and so and so then whole really training programs and work talks and workshop come alive because god people need to know about this you you get you get the um, the value of people training in your non-material value and in your talents so what I wanted to say was taking on one apprentice it does not really work because it looks, it's too easy to get enmeshed. It's too easy for uh, codependence to happen. Some kind of uh, an enmeshed bubble codependence thing, like what's really going on here? It looks like sexuality. It looks like domination or control. It looks like all kinds of weird stuff. But when you take on at least two apprentices too, then it's, you, it's a, it's a, it establishes the neutrality of it. The, um, the, it takes it out of the domain of gossip and into the domain of effectiveness. And so it's difficult to find examples. For example, we just uh, watched the film of Earthsea, uh, which is made from the book by book, the three books from Ursula Le Guin about the wizard of Earthsea. And it, in the case there, the, the, the a wizard had one, it looked like one apprentice. And it's, I mean, part of what you get is what Anne Chloe said, is that uh, the mage would go around a lot of times where the apprentice was out dealing with a challenge and there was nothing for him to do except heal the sheep and goats and stuff like that. So. So that's why when you have two apprentices, they can, you can send them off together, you can send them off separately, but it, it, um, it's really about having at least two and, and not more than three. So please, during this next week, start looking around and open the door, making the possibility for people to be at your side more and give them challenges more. And you don't have to, it's not, it's not a paid position. Like you do not get paid to have, like if you start having apprentices who are paid, it's, it, I've never found that to work. So this is a thing where the, the things that they do, that they create, build up the game world or serve uh, the bigger dimensions 
so that the value they create also comes back to you. Like it's building out. So, so you're not getting paid in money, but you're getting, the exchange has to do with the value, the non-material value that they're providing also feeds the game world that you're in. And then, and that's a reciprocal uh, exchange like that. So how many of you are willing to face this week with um, letting your lone wolf, a single fighter strategy start to die because you are gonna have two apprentices with you. How many people are willing to start this process? Mr. Palmer's thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. Ava, did you have your hand up? Do you, no? No. Can you talk about that? I think for me at the moment, it's I'm still trying to find out what mage work really is. And I have this strong scientist in me that is these voices that are telling me, well, like they're very critic about, um, about it. And I still, yeah, actually, I, I really don't know what the difference is between just delivering possibility management distinctions and doing mage work. I, I don't have my, I don't have a grip on that yet. So I'm, I'm swimming a bit and I, I was thinking of how, how yeah. There's just no inspiration at the moment. There's just, at the moment, it's like I'm blank. I don't know what it is exactly. Are you willing to start a journal, like kind of a journaling process around that question, around what's the difference between mage work and delivering possibility management distinctions <laughs> about what the difference between science and transformation? and about what the difference is between being Ava Daubert, a person, and Ava Daubert, the mage. What is mm. the difference? Because we have great fears in us, the fear of even life and death, of taking a stand for something that's not ordinary and having suffered the consequences of being burned at the stake or killed in some other way banished, sent away for taking a stand or actually delivering, you know, extraordinary, the non-ordinary stuff in, and having it go bad. So there's, there's real deep fears that we have about that. We're lucky right now in this time, and I don't know how long the time will last, but you have freedom of space right now to be non-ordinary. We have the freedom to deliver uh, unusual results because the ordinary results are failing the planet. Like every, you know, ordinary, the main systems on the planet have failed. They're, they're exterminating life on the earth. So it's, there are, there's plenty of space right now for building out new game worlds in a new context based on higher levels of, of responsibility and awareness and extraordinariness. So there's plenty of space for that right now. And the thing is, we've been in times when there was no space for that and we tried it and, and died. So are you willing, for example, Ava, when you're doing your journaling and you discover some fears coming up to take those to the mat 
you know, take them to the dojo and really take them, take, go through the um, emotional healing process is that the fear is coming from or, that, or their anger, whatever coming up about it, the grief. Are you willing to do that? Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Actually, while you were talking, I just noticed that I'm cooking something in my pot at the moment. And it's just not really, yeah. And I was asking myself, like, how long is it going to cook before it's, I'm going to put it out of that pot and put it into the world? Um, and yeah. the answer is? Yeah, the answer is once again, I'm just struggling with resource of time and, and energy to do all these things parallel at the moment in, at the same time. Usually yeah. when something is cooking in a pot, there comes a time when you can start to smell how good it is. At first, it's not the case, but after it's cooking for a little while, the smell starts coming out. The lid starts going, and the smell starts coming out like, so has it been cooking long enough that you can let us have a smell of it? Yeah. What is it? It's, it's parenting out of patriarchy. It's, I, want to, I want to get people together on this journey to really ask ourselves the questions, where does the patriarchy have a grip on us when we're with our children? And what happens there exactly? And, and because I've also noticed there's this, there's somehow, I'm talking to people and we're, we're standing in this gap where we sometimes we've, we've been in our childhood missing certain things like being breastfed, being receiving touch from from people who are close to us and we we didn't have that and now we can make the leap to give that what we didn't get to our children and that's that can be extremely painful because then the inner child comes and says well i didn't have that and i want that too and so just to create a space where where we can hold each other and re-nurture each other at these places so that we can step out of passing on this being deprived of, of our birthright and, and make the leap to do other thing with the young people we're together with. When, have you, when is your first work talk about this? I, Clinton, I haven't even did the website and I made this commitment with you in December and I didn't do it. I'm not making I don't expect commitment. you. I, I do not expect you to deliver it. <laughs> no, I already explained that. When's your yeah. first work talk? No. Look, what you just said just now was so clear and it touched so deeply in so many people just now. Okay, it's, that's the work talk. You just start like that. That's it. When can it be? Okay, when the current Rage Club is over, so that's in four weeks. Four weeks, great. When can we see the, the flyer for it? In two weeks. Oh, great. So you put it on the, you'll put it on the event telegram group in two weeks? Cool. I look forward to that. <sighs> Yay. So what's your cooking smells really good. <laughs> Eva, can you do it, it in English? Like yeah. 
Great. <clears throat> I'll send you some people, including my mother. Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> Because that's her work. It is her work. So that's why she would she would want to come. Yeah. Now there's so much. Uh, we're also thinking of delivering a a heal from school lab. So there's there's so many people becoming so deeply aware of the wounds that they're still carrying from what you said, what 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 we were deprived of in both in in childhood and schooling. So the, those things are really present right now. And it's I there's a, definitely that includes holdings, but I um, I'm just. I remember I was in a I was in a part of a month long uh, transpersonal psychology workshop training space in Spain a number of years ago, and the, they were doing some deep healing work, and it became it's so obvious that certain people did not get breastfed enough. So there were people who really just said, "Look, I I'm." I am so wounded in the breastfeeding thing. Could somebody just breastfeed me for an hour? And and it just the the healing happened so fast. I myself went through that process because my second my first brother was born one year after I was born, which meant that the breastfeeding from my mom cut off at I don't know somewhere around four or six months, a year sooner than it should have. And so I I asked for and was given breastfeeding experience for, uh, you know, a few, over a few months and, and it just healed it for me. Like completely really healed it. So those things can be healed really. And so it, as weird as that sounds, it's just a deep kind of something was deprived and it shows up as this desperation or try to steal it or some other way to try to heal it where you can put it on the table and simply heal it. And it's just mm -hmm. fantastic. Thank you. I want to say something. And I just recognize I really have to take my sword to do that. Um, I would like to tell something out of my practice and experience. Um, with the thing as a mage, I hear it several times as a mage now. And I did for five years workshops and seminars had to do with yoga and women. And I always filled it up with possibility, possibility management things. And there was this um, situation, which I now remembered with a young woman. Uh, she was afraid of talking in front of people. And it's just suddenly happened that I said, please come to me. And we did something together. And this was a transformation just out of the moment, just to be, we just, uh, I was not thinking I do some, I do now this or that as a mage. I never did that. And maybe I came now here to be more conscious, to, to know it in the moment. Now I do it as a mage, but I did so many things just out of the moment. And they were transformational. And this young woman now, she left Germany with her husband, two children there on Bali. And she's speaking every day with camera and sending stories. Um, and she wrote me one day, thank you Birgit so much. And this was also like a apprentice 
but only for five days. And in a way she still is maybe when she's asking me something. And only this one thing and uh, changed her, changed in all her body something. And also now these days when I go in a shop and something happened by talking with the people, uh, till now I never did it. Now I do something as a mage. You're the, the value of doing that as a mage is it opens up the treasure box. Yeah. It opens up all these tools and distinctions that are not available to you if you're doing them as Birgit, as a person, as a woman, even as a man, whatever. You don't have access to the additional treasure chest of tools, distinctions, processes that you can use. And if you just have it, have it at, in you, you just say, okay, it's like Vicente was saying, it's like he's refusing to leave the mage space. Okay, well, life suddenly becomes far more interesting when, it, when people can't suck you back into the small normal state, mm. cannot, mm. then you're not hookable. You know, you're not hooked into low drama. You're not hooked into reactivity. You're not hooked into defending yourself or attacking or complete competing, you know, trying to win or be better or beat yourself up and be worse. You just can't be shrunk down into that space anymore because you refuse, because it's too small for your being. Just, so that's the value of, of naming it. And you don't have to name it in public. You don't have to go around with this, you know, the big wizard hat on or, or you know, a mage badge or something like that, like a sheriff's badge or something. You don't have to go with your staff and you shall not pass, you know, whatever. You don't have to carry this stuff around. And, but if you, if you, if you hold it within you, um, this is, my life is the life of, of a mage. <clears throat> it's, it's mage world. And then, then you, then nobody can take that away from you ever. And so I'm just saying, yeah, just, just five yeah. people. Yeah, and um, it shouldn't be maybe um, push up too much fear not to do anything. To, to trust also the moment. No? Look, trust, trust is not a sensation. So, trust is not the warm, fuzzy, confidence feeling of, of this is going to work out or this is going to happen. Trust is not that. Trust is simply a decision. You decide to trust. So mage starts there. You decide to trust your resources. You decide to trust your archetypal lineage. You decide to trust your grounding cord and your center and yeah. your bright principles. And yeah. You decide that Echo is going to give you jobs on your bench that are really for you to do. And when you get a job and your box is freaking out, going, it's too much, it's too much, you know, you just look at it and go, be gone, whatever. You put your box back in the box and go, I'm not my box. You know, you can just have your box freaking out here the whole time and, and do mage work. How many people have had that experience? Your box is just freaking out over here and you just keep doing mage work like that. Yeah, good. So you know exactly what that's like. So thank you for bringing that up, Birgit. Yeah, welcome. All right. There was was there 
I thought there was one more person, like James, yeah. did you have your hand up? Or James and, oh, wait, James, did you have your hand up before? Yeah. Good, and then Dan. Yeah, so the, um, the area is, well, there's a lot of overlap with what, what other people have said, but you asked for things that hadn't been said. And the, the one thing, yes. the, the way I'm spending my days at the moment uh, is building this, this building and the way that major work influences that is is in a way what I'm trying to do what I'm doing is 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 bringing beauty and and life and and wholeness into ever into the into the structure on every scale on the big scale and right down to the to basically every decision is is an attempt to infuse another layer of beauty and life into the space Oh, thank you. Wow. Into every decision you said. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Nice. Dan. The most, the, the thing I do that touches the most people in the world is a podcast. And so I have this podcast going and during this conversation, the question arose for me is what does it mean to be a mage with the podcast? And I wanted to put that in the space and a whole lot of stuff has already come up for me. Please give so us some answers. I can issue challenges through the podcast. I can get around the fact that in a sense, a podcast is generic. It's going out to thousands of people by imaging and in a sense, being with a specific person that I know is listening to, to give it that, in, that immediacy. I can ask for apprentices through the podcast. I can invite fellow majors into conversations that are recorded and become podcast episodes. I can invite non-majors into conversations that I record and, and mage, you know, and be mage, and then share those with the world. But that's what's been coming up so far. And um wanted to put the, put the seed in the space too to welcome other possibilities. Will you just add what you just said, which is planting seeds, the certain mage style seeds. You're just asking for us to plant seeds, but you're in the podcast is an ideal environment to, to bring people face to face with a doorway also. Mm -hmm. It's like, here's a doorway. Can you see the doorway? Are you close enough to the doorway? Can you go through the doorway? What's on the other side of the doorway? And that's part of the challenge is the doorway. So planting seeds and facing doorways. Thank you. I like that. Even, even clarifying, say, let's say three seeds in this podcast. And some of those seeds won't be, in, in a way, they'll be smuggled in or, you know, they'll be wrapped into the podcast. It won't necessarily be, here's the seed, here's this, you know. So I'm feeling a lot of excitement and joy to explore. So I have a podcast coming out in the next week that I'm yet to record the intro and stuff too. So some of the stuff is happening this week. And Chloe? From this question of <clears throat> that you asked Clinton in the beginning of considering what is transformational, what is not transformational, how to sustain transformation. And um, the question came up for me of there are some spaces where people move into and experience something and they leave that space and nothing is transformed. So you can go and watch a movie and you're touched by the movie, 
but your your behaviors do not change after watching that movie. Or you might go to, you know, I don't know, an ecstatic dance and have a great ecstatic dance time. And right when you leave that space, you create a low drama with your partner. And so then it there is no transformation, it seems. And and so and I I carry I will take that question with me about what I'm creating is will will people's true behavior change will be transformed after the space that I open or the articles that I wrote or uh, the podcast that I make or the star that I make and with that orientation what does it take where does it take and in one of the answers that I've got were, is that um, for uh, a, a podcast but even an article or a space to really be transformational one of the style of speaking that is used is mimet mimetic speaking and so that the the way that I speak actually changes the meme of people as I am speaking into their being and so it goes, it goes click and click and click. And, and, and just from hearing what I'm saying, they're becoming different. So that could be a, you know, I'm sort of making a and list Claire, of skills. Yeah, we should be practicing that. We're gonna to need to practice that here. Okay, so mimetic we'll, speaking, we'll that, that's one skill. Another skill that I'm, could I, do you wanna say anything about this, Clinton, or? No, because I think we're gonna go do the other thing now. Okay. About the anyway. quest, and next week we'll do that. Let's do mimetic speaking next week because we can do the whole thing on that. So okay, and another skill that um, I'm practicing actually right now, and that's my own edge of research, is mage listening, transformational listening. And to anyway, I think this is a skill that needs to be practiced of listening for purpose, listening for the purpose of transformation. And so it's different from possibility listening, which is basically being this uh, just vacuum space where people can just be working on you, you being this consciousness, this workbench consciousness where people can just be working with a witness to mage listening or transformational listening is to listen, God, to listen for the purpose that you might be transformed. What is, what is the communication that, what is the part of the communication that can transform you as the listener? And also what part of their communication is re asking, requesting for transformation? And then, and then to speak into that. And I think it includes a space it includes, so it's not, the, the thing with transformational listening, obviously it's just, it's not just listening because there would be a part of speaking. And it seems to me that it requires this ability to lean on a different space. So the person is speaking and is speaking in some, on some foundation of understanding, is leaning on some experience that they're having or thoughtware that they're having or understanding that they're having. And while you're doing transformational listening, you're also listening for the next space into which that understanding goes away, where the thoughtware do doesn't hold anymore. And so then you both move or more than one people 
move into a space of discovery. You, you both move into an unknown, which, but, and you are still connected with the person and their request of transformation that was in their first communication. But you pull the, it's, it, in a way it's pulling the rug out, but in my experience, it's more moving into a, a different space for which the, the, the common understanding, the common agreement that was happening in the, in the first space disappears. And so this is, um, anyway, we've, we practiced this in the possibility team last week. We had just a short time and I, I think it's really made work. This is really made work to do stuff like that. Let us do that next week, okay? Yeah, so what I'm saying is this, the theme of this mage uh, training, this mage space is being on the edge of pure research. And, I, and I'm, I'm here while, while you're talking, what Clinton is talking, what other people are, <coughs> being on the edge of my own research. And then I, I come up and then I, I've practiced this practice because also I have apprentices of, okay, this is a skill that needs to be practiced and this is how we can practice it. So this is also what I, I'm asking all of us to do, is to notice what are your experiments, what are your experiments, and what are non, new non-material value, no, new non-material skills that could be brought into this space as a, as a practice, as skills. And because Clinton and I, are the main space holder, will always say, yes, we'll practice it or do it in your possibility team, something like that. Thank you. Thank you. So would you say that you can navigate the space through your way of listening? Yes. Okay. Yeah. There's a lot, yeah, there's, I think great research to yeah. do in terms of navigating the space with listening. It's a force when you, it's called listening for, and that's a force. That's one of the influences of that kind of listening. <clears throat> you're listening for a particular thing. And when it comes up, you amplify it and you use it as a doorway and go through there. Take the other person with you. Marcus, I thought your hand went up for a second before. No. Okay. If, except, unless somebody, sorry. Except that I could, my inner hand might go up, like might have gone up, and maybe you've seen that. <laughs> it is that I'm, and I don't know if it's fitting this um, the space right now, but I noticed the most that I'm walking right now with the question of what what does joy serve in space holding, and how do I use joy in particular? I hope I hope you keep working with that question yes. because. That will be fruitful. Will you let us? Will you inform us of what where that question takes you? Sure. Yes. Yeah. I think there's really fantastic things to discover, particularly for you there. So you'll report to us. Yes, of course, I will do it. Of course, is not an acceptable answer <laughs> in a mage space. It's yes or no? The of course it's thing yes. is basically <clears throat> okay. Thank you. And Chloe, it would be time to uh, send people out in groups of three with the quest. Yes.
I'll create the room, just start speaking. Last week, we touched on a number of major themes, one of them being our quest, each person's quest, and the archetypal nature of it, and the necessity of it as a, as a contextualizing force in our lives. See, if we don't take responsibility for contexting our life in our quests, then society or ordinary low drama stuff, the, the urgencies of time and money and attention and all that will take us over and recontext our lives into, the, into a, a, a swamp, a muddy, sticky, stinking swamp of ordinary. And, and most people, have, we are trained since birth, basically, and schooling and all of that to submit to the ordinariness, to allow the ordinary, some demon monster thing just kind of go into our nerves and our perceptions and our cells and make our context ordinary. And it, it's a, quite a revolutionary thing to say, to find out ways to, to set our own context, our own mm, purpose for life or way of life, a way of being that is, that is cannot submit to ordinary. This is a little side note, but there's some website functions that when you have a form on your website, the button that you push is the submit button. So I always change that and I invite you to change it because you know otherwise you're asking your people to submit and it's so unconscious. It's, there's, this, uh, there's this old, old science fiction movie called They Live, I think. And it's about this guy who finds this pair of glasses that where you put the glasses on, it's, oh my God, he can see what's really going on. When, when you don't have the glasses on, it looks ordinary. But when you see what's going on, there's all these uh, signs that have been, how many people have seen the movie? Have you seen the movie called They Live? Not enough. Okay, this movie is definitely on the list. It's a stupid, it's, a, it's an old stupid movie, but the message is so clear and bizarre. It's just really, it's worth seeing. So um, yeah, so, so what happens is, is we've all been, you can create, craft for yourself a set of mage glasses that have you interact with the world as and reframe it. You're reframing your world into your quest. And then all of a sudden, when like James, you know, he's hammering nails or squirting glue or cutting wood, he's doing it from the context of the mage world, of his quest. He's doing it so you have to wash the dishes, you have to, you know, there's a lot you do. You have to brush your hair, you have to brush your teeth, you have to make your bed, you have to take out the garbage, you have to go shopping. You have to pay the bills. There's all these things that if, if they're done in an ordinary context, they are burdensome and weary making. And, but if they're done in the context of your quest, it's almost like you don't even do them. They, they just get done because where your focus is, is on your managing your energy, establishing connections, like checking out angles and doorways and paying attention to your attention to notice the next step in your journey of your quest. 
And that's what you're paying attention to. Gosh, how did the dishes get done and put away? Uh, forget the question, you know, okay, they just did. And, they, and sometimes they don't get done and put away. I don't know, sometimes the dishes build up for a week and a half until you're down to eating the, you know, the back cupboard cat food bowls and you're eating out of the cat food bowls because all the other dishes are dirty because you've been questing, you've been on the quest and the dishes have been irrelevant for a while. So, okay. So what we're, our, the wish of this conversation, we're about to break up into groups of three and the wish is to, to help each other formulate, define, um, move your point of origin into your quest, but it, it will need to be clear. It needs to be concise. It is not a fantasy world thing, like I'm gonna have a nice life or I'm gonna change the world or whatever. These are too general. They are not clear and specific enough. So the quest will evolve over time. It won't be the same as it was when, you know, a few years ago, and it won't be the same in a few years from now. It will evolve. But right now, you need, you, we're asking you to formulate your quest in a very clear and precise way enough to write it down and, and post it on, the, on our uh, Telegram posting thing. So after this, after today, please post your quest and Chloe. Yeah, there's following consideration about this is as you have parts. So, and I'm, I'm trying to, the question is how, how much percentage between zero and a hundred percent are you committed to your quest? And because you have parts, it's hard to answer this question. I'm, I'm mm. asking it as, 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 the way it shows up in your life, like which part has majority vote basically. So how much of can your, we, yeah. Can, can we do that list right now? Could, uh, we just, okay. it's, it's a five minute thing. Oh. Let's do it. No, okay, go ahead. You or do it or me? Go ahead, do it. I need, I need somebody who will be uh, our, our scribe. Would somebody, Vera? Okay, so Vera, just- you Type on the computer. Yeah. Okay, we want it, we'll post it in the Telegram group. Okay, the question is, and Chloe said we have parts. So we would like to hear from you which parts, like the top six or eight parts in each one of you, just put it, who, who grabs you from, from the balls, from the toenails up, grabs you, takes over your voice, takes over your feelings, takes over what you can see, takes over how the world looks to you and, and it, you're identified with it. And so just right now, let's make this list of possible identities, the eyes who speak, which eyes, which of your parts takes over and commonly speaks in your world or, yeah. So just, Go. Superior, not feeling gremlin. Thank you. Thank you. Insecure child. Thank you. Intellectual body. Meaning what? Mind. mind. Meaning what? So it's like a framework. There's an, a set of ideas, a set of qualities. It's like the most important thing is thinking. Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Concepts. Yes. Yes. And child actress. 
child actress. Who is that? Doesn't Did matter who it is. Okay. Okay. We're not doing names. Oh, okay. It's just for everybody. This is what mm -hmm. everybody, we can refer to this list. You just go down the list and go, okay, here's the one that was just identified with. The I who needs to rest. The I, I need to take care of myself. I need to rest. The, the obligation hunter. James, go ahead. The obligation hunter, like the list maker. And who was it? Jo Johanna was next. Who is next? Nothing, who is, nothing is gonna work out victim. The rebellion one. The responsible victim telling me that there's so much other work I have to do first. Gabriela, what does the rebellious one say? Like one sentence. Mm -hmm. uh, basically rebelling against authorities. Not like this. They're wrong, you're wrong, you're yeah. stupid. Um, what is, what I, do is it, I do it my way. Yeah, I do it mm. my way. <clears throat> Superior gremlin. What was the first word? Superior gremlin. Thank you. The son or what the child it? that always stays behind the parents. So, Elena, what does the superior gremlin say? What does it say? You won't have a chance anyway because I do it better. I do it better. <clears throat> the lone sure. wolf. What does the lone wolf say? <clears throat> People don't understand me. I'll do it my, by myself. Thank you. The nice girl. What does the nice girl say? Mm, I'm not dangerous. Did she say, I'm not allowed to do this? Yes, I'm not allowed to do that. The Joker. What does the Joker say? Ha ha ha, what's the fucking point? Let's make a joke out of it. Thank you. The illusionist. What does the illusionist say? Says everything is fine. Like, is that like a delusion, right? It's yeah. like a... Yeah. It's like fogging yourself. Everything's fine. Yes. Everything's fine. Everything will be fine. The naive child that, that says, the naive child that, that says the world should not, should be different. Like the, the world should not be like this. Mm -hmm. The manipulative gremlin that says that the context is already all set up. It's manipulated from the beginning. And what does the gremlin say yeah, then? We, I'm not, I'm not going to do it, or what? What does he say? It says, whatever you play, the whole, the whole field, the whole space is already manipulated, so it doesn't happen. So it happens my way. Thank okay. you. But that's different. There's, yeah. there's the gremlin that manipulates, and it is a wish. There's a wish. I'll, you know, I'm, I'm <clears throat> so there's that, and then there's the giving up. You know, it's already there's the giving up part, so that's another part. Vera, mm. giving you know, fuck this, yeah, I give up. And then there's mm. the uh, lone wolf. But what is the manipulative gremlin? What's the wish? What it? Yeah, um, being being the center, being the one holding 
having the space always with me. Yeah. We do it my way. Yes. And also, Mom. there's the, so I destroy it. The context is already set up, so I I, I destroy it. Okay. The inferior Marin, child. Inferior child. Yes. Marin, what is yours? What is yours? What's one of yours? Uh, my main is um, to stay in my world and deny the world outside, and um, to to make a space of harmony in my 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 area, and, and not to be not to be in not to fight with the world outside and try to get harmony. What do you say towards the world outside that is not in harmony? What do you say about that? They're wrong. They're stupid. What do you What do you say? They lie. The world out there lies. They're lying. Yes. Thank you, Jan. You had your hand up. Yeah, skeptical scientist. And it's it's not optimal. It's stupid. It's it's not optimal. Yeah, it's stupid. Can't work anyway. Martin, the, yeah. too hard to do it. It's too hard to do it, you said? Yes. Okay, that, so that's the child. That's the child part. Yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the child part, part, I'm not enough. I'm yeah. not good enough to do it. Oh, yeah. The abandoned child. All right. Anyway, like they don't like me or they, they even don't see me and I'm alone. And Martin, it's like not worth it. The one that gives up says it's not worth it. It's too hard. It's not worth it. It's too yeah, much trouble. The opposite part, like this doer, which actually this is easier to do, you know. It's like I can, it's like it's easier to do this. Magdalena, what about yours? Uh, my main one is someone else will take care of it. So it's a child. Yeah. Francis? Yes. Parental ego state contamination part. What does it say? You have to do that. You have to be quick. You have, you ought to always pushing me mm -hmm. and make mm -hmm. my child ego state scary. Yeah. And uh, I have to give, I give up. You give up because? Overwhelmed, too much, I'm too slow. Something like that. Yeah. I don't understand. You're good. What do you, what does that part feel like when the other, other people pass you by? How do Sad. you just, how do you justify it? How do you, what do you say about them when they pass you by? It's uh, sad, mixing sadness and fear. What does it say? I, I, I'm alone. Mm -hmm. I have to be alone. Yeah. I'm left alone. Yeah. Yeah. I don't belong here, child. Uh, the, the child state, I, if I do it, they will think I'm arrogant. About not sticking out of the line for love and acceptance. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Coward Messiah. Say it again. The coward Messiah. They will not get it, so I sacrifice myself. Thank you. I just want to say, so a lot of the, these parts is this is also why we re, we request we have a requirement of adult ego state decontamination because many of these parts are actually parts of either the child, the gremlin, or the parent that are contaminated in the adult ego state. And yes, there is those are obviously gateway for emotional healing process, and that's not enough to take it take it and put it where it belongs. And so it's not like it will ever go away. It just goes back into the appropriate ego state. And then your adult eye, I mean, one of the purpose or one of the work of mage work, I would really consider this mage work is to bring yourself into a consistent and uh, integrous, I know it's not a, a English word, an eye that has integrity. So that all your different parts actually start serving one purpose one quest one um that it so that in in the other parts that don't serve that go into the right place and they don't take over so that's part of and and obviously the decontamination is part of this work of having whatever one eye or it's not really one eye is it's an eye that has integrity so that when you speak when you say i it it serves a purpose that you're aware of. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, these are still gateways for emotional healing process for during this week for um, the, the EHP dojo spaces. I, so, I also have two other voices, which is about, we tried it once or a couple of times before in other lives and it didn't work, which is coupled a bit with them. Um, you, you, you can't handle that much power again, something like this. Or we, we are not uh, capable of, I don't know, it's, it's something with this. Okay, there, so I wanna say something about this is that we've had past life where we've been killed and burned and stoned and exiled and rejected for using our power. And just, we need to do, every one of these emotional healing process needs to be done as past life. Because each decision is different. Each decision shapes you in a different way. So when you hit one like that, just, just ask for a mage basically to ask for the process because it's, it's a pretty nonlinear and um, delicate process. There's people you need to talk to, like your um, mentor or your teacher or your apprentices or in this kind of little roads to go through that it helps that if people who are holding space for you have gone through past life themselves, through this kind of having been killed. So yes, there's that part. And then there's this part of um, having this experience that you have a power that if you actually stand in this power, the world will explode. The, the, you, will, you, will, you will destroy everything and everyone and, and the whole planet, the whole universe will collapse. So in my experience, this sensation of my power is too big. It's actually not too big for the world. What it is too big for is your box. And so this idea- Or your parents. 
or, okay, or your parents or your environment. Yeah. Um, and, and so it's a misconception to think that truly one human being has the power to explode the universe. It, it's like, I don't know, uh, prove it, you know, go outside and explode something, go outside and explode a flower. And, and so it's just sort of a misconception. And, and the other part is this um, uh, being special, that this idea that some, some of us, you, you might be special, you're the chosen one, you're the Messiah, you're, and, and considering or, or starting with the assumption that is just box. It's actually maybe just gremlin. And, and, a, and a box thing and it and it actually is not really in touch with reality and so okay um, where does this sensation come from and then do the emotional healing process I mean I'm talking to you Gilles but also everyone here it's where does this need to be special comes from or this need to be looked at special or have the experience that I'm special but maybe I can't say it or I can't come out with it. It's all this stuff. Um, um, yeah, something like that. As so, Vera, can make sure those are on the list, okay? Yes. You know, I'm the chosen one. Or it's the secret identities. These are the secret identities like that we can't reveal. I'm, if I'm the most powerful destructor in the universe. I'm the devil. I'm, you know, God. I'm, these secret identities are also identities that we could get caught up in, especially secretly. You know, mm -hmm. everybody's doing everything around us, but we have this secret world where we have this secret identity and that will just trap us. <clears throat> so just, I just want to put it yep. in the framework, which is, it's just like Anne Chloe said, that as you go along on this path, it will, the, the identities will merge, they will, they will dissolve, they will integrate, they will, they will become, they will transform, they will just melt, they will start mo moving more and more into a, more of a single identity. And that, that thing, there will be less conversations in your mind between the different identities. There'll be less war going on between your different identities in your mind. You have to do this, I can't do this, this is impossible. Nobody else is doing this. Like all these conversations going on, where as you go through the healing processes and the evolutionary processes, those things will integrate. And that's, I just wanted you to have that overall framework. We're not putting pressure on it. It's really the side effect. It's, it's what happens. So when, it, when you notice it, just go, ah, ah, that's what's happening. And so the question here in terms of when, when the first part of we're going to breakout rooms is to formulate this quest. And then the couple other parts is to be radically honest about as you are now with your different parts, more or less integrated, what is your commitment to your quest? How much are you committed between zero and a hundred percent and try to be as radically honest. You, and, and to find that answer can be, look at your life, look at what is really going on in your life. And then, the, and then the question or the introspection about, okay, then why? What's in the way of this commitment? What's in the way of more commitment? And so we'll have 
just one second, I've, we'll do this about seven minutes per person. You're managing the time about the, between the different parts, okay? So you can kind of jump back and forth between the different ones, that's fine. The three questions you mean? The three questions, yeah. For each person. So each person gets seven minutes, you have to answer the, these questions, formulate your quest precisely, mimetically. What, and what percentage are you, are you committed, radical honesty to your quest? And what's in the way? And, and the two other people have your sort out, okay? You're there to your, to, you know, you're, you're committing to them, like to, for them to be clear about how they formulate the quest, about being radically honest of their commitment and what's in the way. So you're, you're really the support team, sort out. I just need people to know that we're not saying that it is better or that you have to or must have your life be about your quest. It isn't better that way. All we're asking is what's in the way, what's blocking your life from being about your quest? You know, it could easily be you have a commitment to take care of your parents till they die. You know, you must pay off some debt to somebody. You know, they could, it's really useful information. It's not about right or wrong or good or bad. We're looking for really in, good information here. Uh, Birgit, you had a question. Yeah, I would like to ask Maren, as a German speaker person, to get more clarity about Quest. Is it Suche or Berufung? Ich würde es als Suche bezeichnen. Okay, yeah, me too. Thank you. Great. Okay, I'll open the rooms and I'll just uh, tell you when to shift from person to person, possibility. There you go. Clinton, are you still here? Okay. Yeah. Do I stay or go? Uh, I go. You, you're alone. You're alone in a in a room, so we can we can move around. We're both extra people. So what if we go together? And yeah. you just signal me which room is next, and because the camera will follow us, right? Right. It will follow me actually. The recording. Okay. So you're going to go in seven. No, no, seven, there's nobody, it's just you. Okay, all so right. You, you pick a room first, go ahead. Let's just, let's just start at number one and go okay. down, okay? let's go. Okay, bye. First. Even when I'm, when I'm saying I'm holding, holding a space for people or like holding... Um, yeah, what comes is like this, like, okay, I, I, like there is this, I, I, I am, I'm first, like even there is this speciality, but there's like, I, I'm like moving a space and moving a space means like, working what, what, uh, like what, what is blocking it and like what, what is, It emotions and holding the space for emotions but it's like when i when i'm speaking about the question it's like again like i'm i'm somehow like now so in like focused to me and even somehow i'm i'm having that it's bad uh right now like okay so some part of my my evolution will be evolution of, of other people and i hear you saying that your quest is to be healed 
or your quest is to be fixed or your quest is to be empowered, what, how would you say it? I mean, I would say my quest is to be empowered or to, what? Empowered to do what? Empowered to bring actually what these things I'm afraid actually of, like even speaking out, like what, what is my truth, or like what is, what is, uh, like what, like even like holding the quest, you know, like being, building my context of I'm holding this context, what, what I'm believing in. And, and then partly also then if it goes like to give it to others, like or somehow like now it's feeling also this where I am like to keep the context in me, in each steps where, where I'm meeting with people. And Chloe, let's jump. Okay. So what I'm hearing, you, you want to be empowered to empower other people. Is that correct? Simply, yeah. Like, what is it, what is it about? You, you're holding space for people. So what is the space holding about? And kind of, I, I want to give you the, what I get, the assumption that I'm hearing, or maybe even the expectation that you're bringing into the quest is that people are living ordinary lives. Like yes. people are so ordinary. Yeah. And you yes. are kind of, what I hear is that you sh want to shift that. Yeah, because I'm already doing it with my clients, with my students, with my friend. I, I had this, like speaking from unknown conversation with my friend about what he was doing and we're constructing things like mage work. And he was like, for me, it was, I felt very glad of being doing this and at service. And he was like, thank you. I, I mean, this changes everything. And I don't know how to name it yet. And I did it with my lawyer, actually, I was telling you about, and my lawyer was like, okay, we can do this. And it shifted the ordinary way of doing, and I don't know how to name it yet, but I'm sick of not me doing the change for non-ordinary. I want to open that for people. On, so your, on quest, a, your, quest, your quest is making life extraordinary. Yeah. Yes, yes, I'm, 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 I'm very committed to that. Yes. Because, because I, I believe in adventure. How much percentage are you permitted to that, to make, to get out of ordinary? I, I feel from my past month or two months, sure. I've been committed 70% of that, 70. That's what I feel. And the parts that I'm not committing is because I essentially, still have a lot of fear. So the 70% sounds like that your child is saying them right now. Um, I feel joy when they are really aligned with, with aliveness, which comes from pure, 
pure love, not, not from gremlin, not from school, not from parents, when they really, when they don't have to judge between right and wrong or what do I have to do or what do I, I don't have to do, when they really, mm, when they're connected to pure love and their decisions came out from this source. Yeah. I mean, so you, your quest is to is to be a, whatever, be alive. Your your quest is yes. Bring people, bring people alive, bring people out of zombiness, deadness into being alive. Yes. I, I but I heard her say that her her quest is to set a pure love context. Mm-hmm. Yes, the aliveness, it was my first sentence I said when I started. And I feel pure love and pure joy in, in bringing this quest in the world. When people feel this navigation system in themselves, when they don't need me anymore, when they find answers not one answer for one question when they find answers for um, a lot of questions. So when they find keys somehow. Sylvia, what's the percentage of your commitments to that, to bring that clarity within everybody that you work with? The percent of my commitment is That I, that I cannot be consistent in, in keeping up my commitments and, and, and doing that out of like love for myself. Kian, what is your commit? What is your quest? Your quest? My quest is to be, <clears throat> to be an, a man in the world that lives a life of integrity, love and connection and shows other men that this is possible. Thank you. And Just quickly, Ken, because then we shift to the second person. Yes. You won't, you won't, just complete it, just say. Yeah, 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 okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, and what is in the way is basically that there's a place in me where I feel like I'm, I really do not deserve to live this kind of life. All right, that's a great key for an emotional healing process. Yeah. yeah, great. Yeah. Yeah. And and Kian, the hint is this whole d domain of deserving has something to do with church. You yeah. know, are you a sinner? Are you a, you know, do you deserve to go to heaven and stuff like that? So thank you. Yeah. I will send you the notes. Thank you. I go next. 
what does it mean for the 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 what does it mean for our daily creation processes to be as alive as possible? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty clear to me. Have you got any questions about that, Birgit? Could you repeat the last sentence? What the question is, please. So, like the the, the high level question is what what is the path back home to life? What is the net? There, what is the path back home to life? That's the big question. And then within that, there's a smaller question, which is what does it mean for the processes we use to create anything to be as alive as possible? That's the question. As live as possible. As alive as possible. Yes, tangibly, specifically, practically, every day. That is your question. That's my quest. That's, my That's the quest. That sounds very clear. I'd like a percentage. Current 40%. Okay, and what's in the way? Oh, uh, a, a lot of a lot of the stuff we're here learning about. So the survival strategies, the box stuff, the child stuff, the gremlin stuff, the parent stuff. Can you be more specific? Yeah, well, and then it would be also like right now. I mean, it's like there's a, you know, there will be things in the way kind of along the quest, but what is mm -hmm. right now? Well, the, the big discovery for me in the last week is that I hold this wall between, between what I define as quest and what's not quest. And that is, that is undermining my quest because the whole point of the quest is, is everywhere. It's not just when I'm working or doing permaculture. It's when I'm sitting at the table okay, with but, my family. So, but what is the thing that makes the separation? What is the, the need, the survival need of saying, this has to be not quest? That you've put it into the, the block of non-quest. Mm, there's something around that, like, like that keeps me safe because so I'm avoiding, I'm avoiding the places where it's most real and um, would be most powerful because uh, there's some part of me that's like given up or um, giving up. You're avoiding places where it could be very powerful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And this, and the, is a sentence I understand right? Is a sentence I give up. Uh, what your heart what? is. What? Just before I jump yeah. to another room, I just want to suggest that your experiments would be to find ways to make, to, to do things like washing dishes, washing clothes, shopping, like, and to make those into extraordinary human relationship. Like how can, what are the ways that you can have extraordinary intimacy and possibility in what in actions that seem to be ordinary. That, and you're going, you, will, yes. you will need nonlinear possibility for that. So you can do that with your team or with your, your gremlin using your gremlins consciously, like, but really research that and start experimenting. Yes, thank you. Thanks, Kian. Go ahead. You said part of your quest is to explore intimate relationship or like the, the, what what can happen in, in... Mm. 
and and just being in the modern culture like with more than i should like can you, can you be more specific like Sorry? what exactly what aspect about modern culture is keeping you from doing going on your quest money focus about material value and money and what's the sentence when it's like i don't have enough money or i need money to live or without money i'm nothing uh the sentence is i have to accumulate money to be safe and what is your quest we you just say it again i didn't hear my quest is uh, like we just put like words and it's working close with nature and alchemy work and transformational sorcerers. So it's, okay, it's, not clear, it's not clear enough. Yeah, so that what? Yeah. So that what? <sighs> so alchemy is changing, like working closely with nature and changing the, the substances so they serve people and they are healing uh, substances and transformation is alchemy for for the beings and making ripples and uh, affecting the world and people in my circle and then that going further. What is the effect? See, the effect you're, is- you're, Wait a minute, I just wanna say you're distracted by the medium you're distracted by thinking that you're going to transform substances into something that helps people. It's an illusion. Mm. Like what helps people is transformation, not substances. And so what's your, what is it for? Like Anne Chloe said, what is it? So that what, so that what, what, what is your, what is your commitment? What is your quest trying to cause something? What, 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 Commitment is to to create to create a world where where bullshit is being named the bullshit and with serving the radical honesty. So that what? Mm-hmm. So, so, so that we see what people, what we do to the world, to the nature, and how we harm the living organisms and, and how we harm the planet, the, the mother earth, where we like can, 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 that sustain us and we are damaging it. And, and, this okay, is going to work just a part. If if that's your quest to realize the bullshit, then your quest is to live in the underworld. Then, then your quest is it's just to live in the underworld. And and mm. and that might be a reflection of your life. Then it's you're just trying to look at the shit and you then you live in the shit. So is it a shift from that to create what? Okay, create what? To create a life so that is inspiring to exit your own bullshit and create 
a world when all life is being cherished and respected and regeneration is cultivated and resources are so is that truly your quest Magdalena, to 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 create to, then your quest would be to create a regenerative um respectful cherished world is to that cherish your respect and regenerate nature mm -hmm. my, my quest is like to put it simply is to live closer with nature and to protect it yeah to protect nature mm -hmm. yeah it's that simple yeah is to heal, cherish, regenerate nature. And of course you have to look in the underworld and face people's bullshit to do that. But your quest is this result. It isn't to look at bullshit. That's not your quest. Your quest is to heal nature, it's to cherish and respect and regenerate nature for the whole world. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That uh, the, the danger that we are facing as a collective. So that helps me to, to step into those really ludicrous and unreasonable offers. Can and you, I'm at, Can you say your quest just in, in one sentence? Yeah, my, my quest is to deliver beauty that recon reconnects uh, us to love and to create learning spaces for extraordinary abilities. Okay. Yeah. And to live my life is a question that's also like... A, mm -hmm. That, that I'm discovering more and more, that this, this really changes things you know, what's, So, But what's your question right now? Because your question is your quest. Yeah, the, the, the question is, um, are we really doing all that we can? For, for creating, uh, in, in, the, in the creation of a world of beauty and what was the second thing? It was a world of beauty and? And um, spaces for learning extraordinary skills. And, and, and really this question about, are we doing what we, all that we can to live the most beautiful lives? And, so, and so then your, qu your quest is, is about, it's about a, beaut a beautiful life. Well, not for myself. No, no, it's for, it's for life to be beautiful. Yeah, to, to like to see, so, so that we see life with reverence and, and this, um, this uh, you know, this deep sorrow of gratitude that we are alive. Okay, life of reference and beauty and um, great gratefulness. Is that, yeah. That was, okay. I mean, what I hear you saying 
is that your, your quest is to create archiarchy culture. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much, that's pretty much it. And, um, and we're doing a lot, of, um, a lot of projects towards that. But also culture and education. This is really like, for me, these are two, these are the same thing. Yeah, it has to be. To, to be your quest is being a bridge to archaearchy culture, which is the whole education, transformation, healing, awaking up, but also empowerment. Scale, like skills, Sorry? skills that let you deliver it, like with the best impact. Like, and, and there are nonlinear new skills out there in new technology as well. And, and we have to we have to bridge that. We have to like step out of the context of just, and I, I'm sorry for saying just, but just delivering transformation on personal level, but look at the level of systems and skills that we can create. Create archaearchy systems and skills. Can you say what's in the way? Or oh, I don't can you say your level of commitment and what would be in the way of that? Um, so I feel I'm like at 60%. Um, I still have, um, yeah, I'm still in the process of giving up a comfortable life, I would say. Just notice the smile that came on your face. Yeah, is, yeah but just really notice it. You can, because it's a, you know, you, you're a powerful man, you have clarity, you could create a total comfortable life for your gremlin. And trying to create system, system change and skills development for archaearchy is fucking hard work. Yes. It's really, you're up and you'll be battling gremlins. And that's what. Of course. You can tell your gremlin, I need you at my side to help me battle the other gremlins to cause systems change and skill building for archaearchy. And then your gremlin will be on your side. And there will, of course, be days off. There are, of course, going to be feasts and parties and celebrations. And really, there's, there's so much to celebrate as we're bringing this stuff together, as it's really working. And so it's not just only a hard life you know, for your gremlin, to bring him on your side and go, fuck, I need you at my side to face off the other gremlins, create possibility, create bridges, create clarity, all that stuff. He actually loves that. Like, he's like, yeah, <laughs> like more and okay. more. <laughs> yeah, but the part that was making the 60% that's making yeah. <laughs> you grin and that does not want to have, you know, a hard life, that wants to have an, an easy life, you've got some work to do in there. Thank you. Thank you for the X. Thank you. And Chloe. Clinton, you're wrapping it up. We have, does anybody like to share anything the last couple of minutes as we head into our mage week? I found out that my quest is flow, to be in the flow. And I did not know that before, that this is my quest. So. Um, 
I'm glad about that. Say it again. I missed what, what it is. What is it? Flow, to be in the flow, to be connected. Uh -uh. To be connected in the moment and present with everything. And I call it flow. So here's, here's the difficulty. You yeah. already have that. Yeah. It's already right there right now. You know what it is already. The quest is complete. So now your life is over. Oh, that's not so good. <laughs> yeah, it was not impossible enough. Like your quest needs to be impossible. Your quest, you know, why bother questing for it if it's not, if it's, if it's possible, you know, if it's easy. So the quest is something bigger than that. It's bigger than you. What you just said was, it's about me. You know, I want to be in the flow. That's so that's not that's not really a quest. That's a part of the path. But the so keep working on it, okay, Birgit? It's bigger than that. It will be impossible. Somebody else. You know, my quest is to upgrade human thought where on planet Earth. It's my quest. It's impossible. And it's glorious. And it, and it works sometimes. And it, it's just so amazing. And it's, I'm just totally, that's my quest. And it's been my quest my whole life, even though I couldn't, could not say it before. But that, that is it. And it will take me to the end of my days. And I will be, always have a challenge. And it's for other people. It's for the world. It's for Gaia to upgrade human thoughtware. So that's the kind of thing. It's not about me. Yes, my, my thought work gets upgraded over and over and over along the way, but it's not about me. But, and Chloe, what's your quest? <clears throat> creating, is creating Guyan game worlds and empowering Guyan game worlds slash next culture nano nation uh, that are contexted in radical responsibility, but is to bring people into game worlds. Thank you. For, yeah, that are, yeah, emerging and creating and building and unfolding archaearchy, next culture. Okay, then. You're in the right mage team. What? Does anybody else have anything else to say before we head out? I was just I was just questioning because you said it's not about you, but at the same time it's totally turning you on. So 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 Which it's you. About you. Yeah. That's why we made the list of eyes. That's why we made that whole list of eyes. Which eye is it totally turning on? Which eye is your real eye? You know, it turns out that your real eye is the one that has majority vote in any given moment. So that it's if your child or your scared or your revengeful gremlin or whatever, your critical parent, whatever eye is in charge, that's your real eye in the moment because it has consequences. It causes the results in your life and you can see the results and then you can see it's a mirror back to which eye is in charge. Look at your results, there's your mirror. Then you know which eye is in charge. 
And so to, to have a quest with a capital Q, an archetypal quest, this is, a, this is the, the integrated eye. It's like the, the, the being. So Ava, it's a great question. Right now your quest is finding out the answer to that question. We want you to win. Anybody else would say? I want to ask Quentin and then Chloe if you'd be happy to share your percentages with us. Okay, I'm essentially 95% committed to upgrading human thoughtware. And the blocks for me or hesitations for me are, are essentially my physical body. I need to exercise, you know, get up from the computer, you know, get off the phone, go just walk and get enough vitamin D, like all that kind of stuff. So I have my physical conditions are, are this sort of this balance. I have to eat decent food. You know, I have to do things like that. That takes, so I try to context that in, in my quest, but it's something like that. Thank you for asking. Yeah, I had something around 82% commitment and my main block or my main yeah, block to this commitment is um, it's something about, right, it's about writing and it, it's about having this connection to uh, writing articles and writing books that can touch a lot more people than uh, 20 people in a training. And I would say that that's my main block right now. Block meaning what? Like my main uh, resistance to living this commitment, like full out. Okay. Is yeah. that you also want to write? No, it's that it, part, of the, part of the quest is to write. So people can and? have access to thoughtware and possibility of creating guy in game worlds. And the, and the writing is 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 like i'm okay where where's my muse where's access to my muse for example i don't have that and so it's stuff like that that's in the way thank you yeah. all right christina thanks for visiting us nice to see you again <laughs> thank you all for being here and major is, is tomorrow and saturday okay okay all right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Bye. 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 Thank you. Thank you.